return of the Red Sea. You're back at the stadium. Rise up, Red Sea. We're on the sidelines and in the broadcast booth covering Cardinals training camp like no one else can. The Red Sea is rising up. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Cardinals training camp coverage brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer and 72 Sold. Talking Cards Training Camp on Arizona Sports Saturday. This is Arizona Sports Saturday, and we are live from State Farm Stadium, the home of training camp here in 2022, and what will soon be home for the red and white practice today at State Farm Stadium. Welcome in, everybody, to Arizona Sports Saturday. This is your weekend stop for live and local sports talk. Mitch Vareldis, Cody Fincher here with me today. Cody... You look like you're in a fantastic mood, and you look like you're ready for some football today. Well, we've got a nice office view today. Oh, my gosh. This is gorgeous. Um, I am looking forward to the red-white practice. Uh, what time is that? One thirty. It'll be a one thirty today. And if so, you were looking to go, uh, I hate to break it to you, but it's sold it's out. sold out, man. Yeah, there's no more tickets left. <laughs> is there anything like the NFL to be, like, be honest? There's nothing like the NFL, right? No, I don't think so. I think I saw that the... The Hall of Fame game, in which no stars or any like regular players played in, had more viewers than the Stanley Cup averaged, wow. and uh, I believe it had more views than I, th- I think it was something with the NBA Finals. But well, they did not have my view. I can say that. Much, <laughs> no, but. they didn't have mine either. The Hall of Fame game does. It, while it gets me excited for the return of football season, it does not get me excited to watch football that no. day. I was instead watching the Diamondbacks, probably. To be fair, yeah, baseball is my number one. I, but it's just it's crazy. The NFL is king, and it's no, it's they're undisputed world champions in sports. Honestly, the, like, the NFL is king, but they are not far from avoiding controversies, unfortunately. Well, and that hit, the, yeah, that's that's been pretty evident. That that hit, the history, Cardinals, right? that hit the Cardinals pretty heavy this week. So just to do a quick recap, if for whatever reason you have missed all of the news surrounding Arizona this week, Hollywood Brown, their their newest acquisition wide receiver, was arrested, I believe, Wednesday morning for criminal speeding. He topped at speeds of 126 miles an hour. So that was not good. And then the very next day, a report came out from ESPN's Josh Weinfuss that the running backs coach, James Saxon, is facing two charges for battery that date back to sometime in the end of May. And here we are in August just hearing about this. And at this point, head coach Cliff Kingsbury making the announcement official yesterday. That he's yeah, he's been placed on administrative leave. I know. Um, we just released a statement on it, and that's really what I have on it at this time. Great start to camp, huh? Man, I, I'll give cre- I'll give a lot of credit to Cliff Kingsbury this off season. He's had, and I, I was reminded of this by Johnny Venerable over at PHNX Sports. Okay, he's had to deal with a lot this off season. Kyler Murray scrubbing his Instagram account and mm-hmm. wanting a new deal. Um, 
DeAndre Hopkins suspension for PEDs. Um, just injuries, all this to Hollywood. Now Hollywood Brown gets arrested. James Saxon has his issues off the field as well. It's just, and yet Cliff Kingsbury's been a trooper, man. He's been up there every time they he's been asked. He's answered every question as best as he could. And so I'll give credit to Cliff Kingsbury. But man, it has been an off season for the Cardinals. Full of negative things. I, I know a lot of them have been resolved. Like Rodney Hudson, we didn't know if he was going to come back. Right now, he's back. Kyler Murray was wanting a new deal, scrubbing his Instagram account, mm-hmm. unfollowing Cardinals people, and all, all that. And accounts. He's signed to a new contract. He's here for the long haul. Great, Holly. But now they have new things to deal with. Hollywood Brown, you know, is is facing legal charges. He's back at camp, though. Right. Um, I mean, now, I mean, even outside of that, he was recovering from a uh, hamstring right, injury. Right. So now here you are dealing with this other issue with Brown. I'll I'll agree with you in the sense that Cliff has had to go through a lot. Even if you take away the two legal matters with Hollywood Brown and with James Saxon, mm. it's still been a pretty rough camp. Like, even if you go back to before the Super Bowl, when Kyler Murray scrubbed his Instagram, that's kind of how this all started. This very long and drawn-out offseason that has just been it's full. Been a, it has been a while, hasn't it? It's been full of drama. And if it wasn't for the resolution of all of those things leading up to this point, we would think that, oh, you know, the toughest thing about this week is that Kyler Murray's had to miss it because he caught COVID. And, like, that stinks. Yeah. And instead, you've got these two other massive outside bits of noise that are really starting to cause distractions here. Yeah, and... I mean, hopefully, uh, I see people saying I kind of laughed at it. Hopefully, we're getting all of the uh, bad stuff out of the way so the Cardinals won't have a second-half struggle or right. collapse or whatever. That would be nice. Uh, if get, well, okay. get all this stuff out of the way in training camp. Let's have an honest conversation about that then. Because I'm slightly afraid, based off of the experience that we just had with ASU football last year, that some of this stuff might hang over the team for at least the first few weeks. Yeah, but Herm Edwards said it didn't. Sure. But Herm not, Edwards said it didn't affect them. Not, <laughs> we haven't even mentioned the fact that Diahop is going to be suspended for the first six weeks of the season. Yeah. Like, aside from the fact that you're going to be without your star receiver and all of the drama around Kyler Murray and him finally getting his extension, you're now dealing with all this extra stuff, too. And those first three games of the season against the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Rams are probably <laughs> the worst possible way you could start your season. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough, man. And that's why this training camp is so important. They have a really tough schedule coming out of the gates, um, especially like those first three games you just mentioned. Um, I just... I hope they'll they'll be able to overcome it. Um, there is continuity coming back. A lot of guys are are back. I mean, Chandler Jones isn't here. They'll have to replace Chandler Jones. Right. Um, but honestly, if we're being honest with ourselves, they were kind of trying to having you know they've had to replace Chandler Jones since week one last year, and they still haven't technically and, speaking because he didn't really do much outside of the week one game against Tennessee. He had what five sacks he had, in he that five first sacks, game, and he probably finished with about seven. Yeah. So. It's it's just been it's been weird, man. And like, but JJ Watt, hopefully he can stay healthy this year. That was a big blow to them too. I think when he went down with that shoulder injury last year, a hundred percent. He he was he came in here and was the heart and soul of that team already. 
from week one, I right. felt like. I agree. And I think his injury really, really hurt them. And But we got to have guys step up. Zayvon Collins has to step up this year because Jordan Hicks is gone. Right. And there's no other middle linebacker out there that can put the green dot on his helmet and call the plays. Now, they could have other somebody else call the plays, well, I guess. Well, and they have been, and we'll get more into that later. And but I want to see more from Isaiah Simmons. I want to know where Isaiah Simmons is going to be. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? I don't know. He, it seems like he's been working out with the safeties a lot this training camp. So, And then um, you got – I think you've improved your offensive line. Uh, I think the improvement Will Hernan- was – Will Hernandez seems like he's going to be a good fit. DJ Humphrey's got an extension. He's back. Rodney Hudson is here. I was going to say he's the, here. the improvement is hidden in the fact that Hudson is returning this season. Yes. That's huge. But the question is, too, with Rodney Hudson, and I don't know if it was really answered when he addressed the media – was he really contemplating retiring? Because I've heard a lot of former athletes say, if you can even think about retiring, you're pretty much out of it. You're not all in. I'm not saying Rodney Hudson isn't all in. He could be different. But are they going to get exactly what they need from Rodney Hudson? I mean, he's better than the options they had. The other option was Justin Pugh sliding over and playing center for the first time in his career. So I think they'll get exactly what they want out of Rodney. And the reason I'm going to be optimistic about it is because he's here, right? Yes. I don't think that if Rodney Hudson had returned, he was going to go out there and be miserable the whole time. If Rodney Hudson didn't want to play football, he wouldn't be here. I think that that should be understood. And it makes you feel a lot more comfortable with this offense in particular because there is so much continuity. And now you have a full season of Zach Ertz installed into this offense that's going to give you so many more opportunities if you're head coach Cliff Kingsbury or if you're quarterback Kyler Murray to really throw off some opposing defenses in the past. And Max Williams is practicing again. Yes. He was a huge part of what they were doing before he tore his ACL last year. This team could have three tight end sets. and Three. Max Williams, like, he was having a great year catching the ball, which I feel like surprised everybody. Yeah. But, and I'll just, I'll cite Wolf on this, and Wolf loves Max Williams. Max Williams is a ridiculously good blocker. And that is going to free up the running game with James Conner, who is also back. Yeah. Um, It's going to free James Conner up for who knows how many yards. Kyler Murray as well. Um, if he has to scramble around or have some designed runs and, and whatnot, so um, yeah, man, it's 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 exciting. Football's just around the corner. Their first game next Friday, I believe. Next Friday, so is the first preseason game. Today's the red. The, I feel like the red white practice is like the unofficial start of the preseason it's for like the a Cardinals. Right? It bas- it, yeah, basically, it's basically a game. It's just within the. It's like an inner squad game. There's competition. Yeah. It's oh, sold yeah. out. People are here. People are going to enjoy it. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be some good old fashioned football. Yeah, to I mean, an extent, of well, course. Ho- hopefully, it's not too physical because we we <laughs> saw we saw a couple fights the other day. Um, <laughs> Bruce Arians would be just flipping out if he was still here. Oh, um, yeah, but. It's just it's kind of crazy what they've done too, like just with the physicality of the game, like all these guys wearing these weird beehive helmets that are protecting their heads. And oh, the guardian caps! I love I love what Cliff Kingsbury had had their defensive backs do the other day. They were getting because they have refs here in training camp, right. just because they got to clean stuff it's up. Their they training gotta, camp too, got, <laughs> yeah, and they got to know if they're holding and or what or pass interference, whatever, and. 
Cliff Kingsbury said, yeah, we were getting called for a lot of holding and grabbing out there. So he had his DBs wear these weird mitts where they can't grab people. That's great. That's that's fantastic. Oh, it's, it's funny. Fix the problem now. I just As soon as I can find this cut, it was funny because Rondell Moore yesterday was asked about when he saw the cornerbacks had to wear oven mitts on the field because they were getting too grabby out there. <laughs> and Rondell Moore just started off with a chuckle. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that's probably tough on a defender, uh, especially with when you have like five yards to kind of beat the receiver up. So a lot tougher on them than it is for me. But, you know, I guess I get excited when I see the mitts. <laughs> but it's a unique strategy if you're Cliff Kingsbury because it teaches you, like, you don't get to use your hands. Right. So if you're going to use your hands, we're just going to take your hands away. Right, exactly. We're going to give you these oven mitts. I like You've got to figure out how to I play good defense. love it. I love it. Good move, Cliff. Good I love move. it. You know what else I love? What? what Talking love? to our next guest, Tyler Drake with ArizonaSports.com. He's our lead Cardinals writer. He's going to join us next, talk about what he's seen at camp here on Arizona Sports Saturday. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Soul and Kona Brewing. Arizona Sports Saturday on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Mitch Veraldis, Cody Fincher, filling in for Steve Zinsmeister this week. We are not in the Akachin Community Studios. Today. No, we're not. For the first time in my sure aren't. broadcasting career as an on-air host of this show, which has been a little over a year now, which is crazy to think about, we are at live at State Farm Stadium. Where the Cardinals will be hosting their red and oh sorry, their sold out red white. Yeah, you better address today. it correctly. Oh my goodness, sold out, baby. I mean, we had the conversation a little bit earlier. It just shows how powerful football is, even when it's at the smallest scale in comparison to you know your regular season game or playoff games. This is a practice, and they're probably not even going to be going aggressive. They'll be wearing pads, but nobody's going to try and hurt the other guy out there. It's your own team. I really want to see if if they're go. I know they're not going full speed, but right. I want to see if they're trying to play what is as close to a real game as you can get in training camp with those big beehive helmets on. <laughs> those look so ridiculous. <laughs> But they're padded. I know. It's to protect them. But it, they look so stupid. You know, but it's funny. A I, lot of I, the, I like I like the idea. A lot of the players throughout last week they're were saying huge. they felt like bobbleheads. They do look like bobbleheads. I think J.J. Watt was even asked like how he feels wearing it, and he was like, how do you think I feel wearing it? <laughs> I wonder how heavy they are. It looks a lot heavier than we give it credit for. Yeah. So we're waiting on... ArizonaSports.com Cardinals reporter Tyler Drake to get through traffic. He's actually <laughs> listening to us now through traffic. So, Ty, get here safely as soon as you can. Jump the curb. We talked about a lot of negative stuff in the first segment surrounding the Cardinals, but it hasn't all been negative. Uh, and particularly within this week, DJ Humphreys, the left tackle for the Cardinals, got what is his second extension with the team. He's the second first-round pick to get the second extension with the Cardinals. And the only other one is... It's obvious, Cody. You should know this. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> so DJ Humphreys is that's, now in a category incredible. of Larry Fitzgerald. That's an incredible stat. I didn't. I didn't even realize that. I. I, I DJ Humphreys, he deserves that extension. He deserves both of them. He's been very consistent. He doesn't miss games very often. Um, 
of course, we all love him because he's great, a great talker, and he's funny. And no, do he's you want to hear him talk? Oh, yes, of course I do. Let's I hear, love DJ Let's Humphreys. hear Humphreys talk. Said it feels amazing to get that second extension. That was huge. I mean, just being able to be in the, the, the group of guys that's even gotten to a second extension on the, like, I don't think, I don't even know how many of us there, there is other than Larry that I can think of off the top of the head, but, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And the other unique thing about Humphreys is that he was actually representing himself in this process. Tough, tough. I probably wouldn't do it again, but it was definitely uh, fun to do. I wanted to kind of, it was something I just wanted to do is, when I'm done, I want to be a businessman, obviously. So being able to do one of the biggest deals on my own for the first time, that was was huge for me. A big shout out to, to Big Will and... Steve and Cliff for, you know what I mean, handling all that class action, you know what I mean, not trying to take advantage of me or anything like that. It was a fair negotiation through the whole thing. It was always, it was always even. So even to be on this, again, to be able to do on this side of it, definitely appreciate it with those guys for sure. I think DJ made an interesting point there. Outside of the fact of him representing himself and how he wants to go into business when he's done with football, he said thanks to... Cliff and Kime and Bidwell for not taking advantage of him. And I think that's super important in a negotiation process, especially when it's front office directly to player. Yeah, he might want to give some tips to Lamar Jackson, uh, who is also (laughs) representing himself with the Baltimore Ravens, and he doesn't have a deal yet, and he might be a free agent. Who knows? But um, won't that be something? Seriously. Yeah, DJ Humphreys, um, he's just, he's, ever since his rookie year where he so affectionately was named knee deep by Bruce Arians because (laughs) how far he had to plant his boot up his behind (laughs) to get him going. Um, Uh. He's been nothing but consistent. He's been really good. He's been their best offensive lineman since, since all that happened. I can Um, agree with that. And, He's had to learn the hard way because, like in that rookie year, he didn't play. He did not start no. in in any in any of those games. Uh, but I mean, DJ Humphreys, he's been a great Cardinal. He's great off the field. He's great on the field. Um, he deserves that contract extension. I'm happy that he's here because le- left tackles don't grow on trees. Um, no, he said it best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. I mean, it, 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 it's a it's a position that it's very very difficult to find somebody that will be with your team for that long and play as well as DJ Humphreys has. So, well, I mean, we gave the stat right. He's only the second first rounder to get a second extension with this team. Yeah, that sh- that not only shows. You know, the draft history of this organization, but also the willingness to hold on to guys that not only make an impact on the field, but off the field. And we've heard time and time again about the amount of work that Humphreys is putting in outside of football for this community. Right. He's a piece that was necessary to re-sign here. Now, I'm curious what your thought is. He's now the third highest paid tackle (laughs) in the NFL. Is he worth top five money? Or was this more, this is what you've deserved, you've earned, and we're paying you it? Or do you think that he should be paying, be paid I, less? I, I I don't really know about, you know, is he worth the money? Is he not worth the money? I just know how hard it is to find a good left tackle True. that can be trusted and relied upon. There's not many of them, to be honest. Um, so I, I, I don't really have a problem 
at all with it's not hey it's not my money it's Michael Bidwell's money that's true um, so if he you know if they think that that's what he's worth then great and I think I think TJ Humphreys deserves what he's getting um, I, I he definitely deserves to be in that list with Larry about you know how, the only guy to get a second extension mm-hmm. first round pick um, so yeah I, I think he's completely worth it I think he's a good he's good for the fit of the team he's good in the locker room he's good on the field like I say he doesn't miss very many games. I think he's he missed something with an ill. It might have been COVID. I it was can't COVID, remember. Yeah, yeah. and I, he hasn't he missed any games with injuries. So he's no. he's very reliable. So I I think yeah I think he's worth what he's getting. What I, I don't have a, any problem with the, the with the dollar figures. What I find interesting is just going back to this discussion about him representing himself this whole time. He was asked some questions and he has some very candid answers. Like how much did he have to study leading into negotiations? I dropped out of college twice. Bro, Oh, that's cool. The sound just decided to stop playing. Oh, that's fun. That's a bummer. That was really funny. Um, well, well, he dropped out of college twice. He dropped out of college so, twice. He actually joked towards the end of that soundbite that he might have to go back to school and go to Arizona State. Oh, yeah. Yeah. DJ Humphrey's going to be a devil? All right. Let's, let's go. Let's try this one more time. Get rid of the game. I dropped out of college twice, bro. So this is like... <laughs> Doing this, this is like the most like actual study. I read like I read often, but like studying and really like trying to like remember your points. And when you get in front of we get we have negotiations and it gets confrontational. Like being able to hone back in on your points and not lean on emotion. And like us, it was that was probably the hardest part. Is like retaining the information and being able to spit it back out. Like reading is easy. It's easy to read a contract. I mean, it's a little long, but it's easy to read it. But being able to retain information, remember numbers, and spit them back out and stuff. I was like, yeah, this is. This is tough. It's definitely different. It's definitely different for sure. Was he was he even asked if he had to go to the level of presenting with a PowerPoint? No, no. I, I thought I was going to have to do that, but yeah, after my first meeting with, with Steve, I, I kind of knew that it was going to be more of a, a facts based thing. So making a PowerPoint, I didn't really have to sell them on myself. You know, what I mean, it was more so what made sense for the team and how we were going to be able to do this. So that that part was kind of easy. It's it's interesting when that he talks because a lot of guys, you know, there's not a lot of those guys that do this without agents, mm-hmm. and you got to think it's weird. It's kind of like in baseball with arbitration. We don't think you're worth that. Well, I think that I am. And how do you not become emotional? I mean, those are court cases. How do you not become emotional with that? You know what I mean? I would have a hard time with that. I'd be like, what do you mean I'm not worth that? Of course I am. What do you like? How dare you insult me and all that stuff? <laughs> yeah. that, that's how I would be. I mean, but that's got to be super difficult to like just kind of try to keep your cool and, and just go back to what, hey, this is why I'm worth this. I know you don't think that's true, but it is. Here's the facts and figures. Here's here's why. Here's the proof. And like, if that's how it goes for a player that represents themselves. Yeah. How how heated does it get between the agent and the front office? Oh, uh, I think we've seen how heated it can get. Oh, yeah. With, uh, I guess that's uh, true. A little individual called Eric Burkhart. <laughs> that that was kind of interesting. So, yeah. I mean, he was all on social media and everything with his all caps weird handwriting. But, I mean, messages. it works. I, it, yeah, he did, got his client did. a new contract. He got his client what is but I, I'll the credit, second richest quarterback contract in the league. I'll like, credit to the job. Cardinals, though. They stuck to their guns, and they said, this is when we're going to do it. Not in May or whatever, what, February or whatever. I think like, more importantly, March. not only did they say this was when we're going to do it, they also did it. 
Yeah. I think that makes a huge impact to be able to hold and on And, of course, the whole thing was like, well, if you're going to do it, then why don't you just do it now? Do it now if you're going to do it. And uh, that's just not the timeline they work in. And they had other stuff they had to do first. Um, but, yes, credit to all parties involved. They got the done deal, uh, deal done with Kyler Murray. But, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm never representing myself in contract negotiations. I don't think I could do it. No. I don't I, think I could do it. I need to pay someone who can do it better than I can. All right. So sounds like Tyler. Tyler Drake isn't just, here. He's not here. In case obviously. you notice. He was just able to park, so we'll try and reconvene <laughs> with him next. So we'll stick with football next here on Arizona Sports Saturday. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Taking off into the 2022 season, the Cardinals are hoping to soar like never before. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Arizona Sports Saturday. It is Camp Takeoff 2022. We are live from State Farm Stadium getting you ready for the red and white practice. And it is sold out. So if you were hoping to go and you haven't gotten your tickets yet, well, guess what? I've got bad news for you. There are no tickets left, unfortunately, as Tyler Drake, who we expected to be here a little bit sooner, but he blames traffic, and we'll we'll go with him on that. Tyler Drake from ArizonaSports.com, Cardinals lead writer here with us here on Arizona Sports Saturday. So... Obviously, the fans are excited for today, given that it's sold out. But why are you excited for today? What are you hoping to see today? You know, I think for me, we're just going to be able to see a little bit more of the, I guess, more of a game mode. You know, uh, throughout training camp, it's more of the individual drills. You've got those 11-on-11s, but I think we're going to see more of that simulated type of actual, you know, it's obviously not going to be game legit but we're we're gonna get a good taste of it we're gonna see a lot of uh a lot of positions that are up for grabs see who's starting there see who's who's the backup so you know just overall i think just seeing the x's and o's especially this week is gonna be really good what's the play been like so far that you've seen with the guardian caps on (laughs) with the guardian caps yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i mean hey you gotta i mean you gotta give it credit i mean justin Pugh. they might look weird but he said i mean if if he can be 20 percent uh safer out there and be able to remember his kid's name it's it's all good for him and you got to agree. I mean, that's what it is. And, you know, it does kind of look like I heard you guys talking about it earlier. It kind of looks like bobbleheads, but they're still moving around. They're still, uh, you know, still getting the work in. So that's all you can ask. For. Right. We were talking about how J.J. Watt was the one who said that he puts it on and he feels well, he didn't he didn't really fully explain how he was feeling. But you could tell from the presser that he was not feeling up to the idea. OK, so this has been a this has been a pretty long week. It's been a pretty long off season. You've been out there every day for this training camp but how have you seen the players handling it how have you seen the coaches handling everything that's gone on these past few days yeah you know i think for the most part it's just for the players on the player standpoint i think it's just going to work every day and and not really looking at that outside noise dennis gardeck said it's not really paying they're not really paying too much attention to it in the locker room you know they're focused at the task at hand is just getting better every day uh cliff you know has had a rough go of it just having to talk about things that really aren't normally associated with a training camp not so much x's and o's and a lot of off the field issues and a lot of off the field drama so uh you know you do have to give i got to give him a little bit of credit just to be able to stand up there and not really shy away from answering the questions that were asked and and uh yeah it's just a tough go and and it's never something a head coach wants to deal with you can kind of uh, you could kind of tell he was a little bit annoyed just for the fact that it's another day of getting into things that aren't football before you get into football right now should be it's training camp let's talk about football the x's and o's the guys that are trying to make the roster 
and instead we're talking about off-field drama. Is Kyler Murray gonna gonna play today, Tyler? Is he gonna Ooh. be on the field today? He's been out with COVID all week. It would be one heck of a positive note if he could come out today. So I think if there's a chance he could make it, he could make it. I mean, obviously the five days from when he tested positive are up today. So if he's feeling good, I would imagine he's going to be out there. Okay, good. Fantastic. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I could take any more without Kyler out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, what it would about, definitely help a lot of. It would definitely help the morale. I think of just the whole situation how, right now. We were talking about this last segment. How how big is DJ Humphreys getting extended? How, how big is that for this team? I mean, it's it's big. I mean, that, that shows that that's going to be their anchor moving forward for the next couple of years. You know, obviously we know the offensive line situation. There's not a lot of guys uh, signed through the next couple of years. So, uh, oh, nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> getting him locked up solid and just and you could tell he wanted to be here. He, that was his mission to only play for one team, only to play for the Cardinals, and he did it on his own. And, he, and, you know, I thought it was really cool. He talked about wanting to be a businessman after the fact, after he's done playing, and this is a step to do it. And hopefully he got some good uh, good, good tips from DeAndre Hopkins, who did it earlier. Tyler Drake from ArizonaSports.com. He's our lead Cardinals writer joining us here on Arizona Sports Saturday. So now that the offense is pretty much the same that it was last year, who do you think is going to make the biggest impact on offense this upcoming season? Ooh. That's a good one. I would say, for me right now, Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore, why? I just think uh, Sean Jefferson said it said it best. He's everything's wide open. The offense is wide open for him. I, I think he can be he can play every position. He talked about playing every position. He feels comfortable. He sounds confident. I mean, the guy is all about his business. He he sounds like a little Larry Fitzgerald to be completely honest with you. <laughs> and uh, if he can emulate some of uh, oh, what boy. Fitz used to do, if he could do the on the field emulate too, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, he's just he sounds like the confidence is up, and he and I don't know how it happens, guys, but he seems like he's faster this year, which, hmm. I mean, that's that's, no. that's only a good thing. Is he going to run uh, vertically this year? Is he going to keep doing behind the line of scrimmage stuff? Because I'd like to see him catch the ball and pass the line of scrimmage for once. It sounds like the route tree is wide open, so yes. it, it better be past the line of scrimmage. I think, I think everybody is in, in concert with saying <laughs> it better not. Like He's got to have more average depth of field. Uh, <laughs> which is funny because when we were listening to Rondell Moore from yesterday, he didn't necessarily go deep about what his usage would be. Most of it was a deflection on whatever the offense wants me to do, whatever the offense wants me to do. What kind of role will Sean Jefferson have in that now that he's elevated his role to helping more with this offense and getting it set up? I think it's just it's just putting him in the right spots, especially over these first six weeks with, with Hopkins not on the field. It's going to be a lot of who's going to be that guy that can step up. Is it going to be oh, Antoine Wesley? Is it going to be a Rondell Moore? Is it going to be you know Hollywood? Who's, who's going to, or outside of Hollywood, who's going to be that guy that's going to pair with him to make sure this offense stays how it can be, how it can be running? And, and a lot of, to do with that is just making sure the offense is spread around with a bunch of guys. I mean... If nobody gets a thousand yards this season, that might be a good thing because they're spreading the ball around to everybody. Hmm. And it's, I mean, really what it comes down to DeAndre Hopkins, eight touchdowns before he got hurt. That right there stands out to me the most. If they can kind of do that, pinpoint where they need guys really, I mean, they've really locked in Hopkins as more of that touchdown threat before he got hurt instead of the yards guy that we, we've all come to know. So I think he can kind of switch, and maybe that's the Rondell guy. Maybe it's Rondell Moore, man. He can do everything on this field. He is a, a Swiss, I know Swiss Army knife that might not be the best. You know, knife out there, but man, he can really do it. <laughs> uh, moving over the defensive side of the ball, uh, the cornerback room. Oh, uh, yeah. We heard Cliff Kingsbury. 
I don't know if he was calling out uh, Marco Wilson, but it's as much as calling out that Cliff has done. I feel yeah. like that's Cliff's for because we're all used. To, we were all used to Bruce Arians calling guys names yeah. and stuff. But you know, the jury is out on Marco Wilson. Is what Cliff said. How is that cornerback room shaping up? And who do you see as possibly the starting on the other side of Byron Murphy? Yeah, it's uh, that that really that quote really stuck out to me a lot. I mean, I, that was what let off one of my notebooks the other day. So, uh, very you know, it could have been it could have just been that nudge that you know, coach got to give his player outside of the locker room. So maybe it's that, but at the same time, like you said, he doesn't really do that a lot. So to, to really put that onus on, like, hey man, you need to step up to be an every down starter. Like I thought we were entering camp with him already locked in as an every down starter. So you know, for me, that means it's 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 oh, I mean, Byron Murphy, you got Josh Jackson in there, you got Antonio. Hamilton in there and I mean you've got the rookie Christian Matthew in there we'll see how he progresses but I mean that's that's right there that's about the the that's the room that's the room I mean <laughs> there needs there needs to be there needs to be some additions for sure I don't know how you feel about going back to Cliff I kind of like that Cliff is starting to do a little bit of that not like you know name calling or anything but yeah he's kind of starting to be that leader of you know when he was first here for the first couple of years, it seemed like, you know, just on the outside looking in, I'm not close to this team and not close as you are, but like he's trying to be everybody's friend. Of course, mm-hmm. you're a player's coach. You can be both things, mm-hmm. but, at the, and the term people in the national media are using was coach bro and all that yeah. stuff. But I like hearing Cliff Kingsbury kind of getting, lighting a fire under guys. Yeah. That just seems like what a coach needs to do sometimes. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, 100%, because that's just like you said. I mean, he's a player's coach. I think everybody kind of knows that, and and showing that little bit of, hey, you know, I'm I'm still that guy. I'm still a player's coach, but at the same time, like, I have no problem telling somebody to, you know, kick it into gear, and I think that's that's a big big step for him, and I think that shows, you know, for everybody that questioned that contract extension, that this little thing right here is is something that is a positive for, like, why you would give this guy. You can tell he's progressing in that regard to not just be that guy who's always going to be his, who's always going to back his players never say anything about his players like if he needs to kick somebody in the rear to get him going i mean that maybe this is the best way to do it tyler drake with arizona sports.com he's our lead arizona cardinals writer i want to ask you about specifically isaiah simmons and look simmons and collins get grouped together i really want to separate them because i think each of them are responsible for the path that they set this season and for simmons quite frankly i don't know what his path is because he's been everywhere and anywhere from what we've heard about the open portion of practice, at least. We've heard a lot of safety. From what you're able to tell us, what have you seen from Simmons specifically at the safety spot? I mean, he's he's moving all over. I mean, yeah, he's, he's working out a lot with the safeties, but in the stuff that we can see, you know, he's not just staying safety. He's, you know, he's sitting in the slot on sometimes. He's, you know, he's on the edge sometimes. He's, he's still sitting with Zavin. So, they, I mean, he is literally the star backer. I, I don't think we can really say, like, where is he going to sit any given game because there's about four or five different spots he could go sit. So, when it comes down to it, I think this is going to be a good example of the red and white practice. I think seeing where he starts out, seeing where he moves around is going to be a, a decent beginning initial you know, look of what we might be seeing in the preseason, who knows how much he plays, and then leading into the regular season. And then lastly, because I mentioned him, Zayvon Collins, uh, 
I want to ask more so about the Mike specific question because Jalen Thompson had mentioned last week that he was getting opportunities with Mike and then Zavin this past week was saying that there was about six or so guys that mm-hmm. were actually getting Mike opportunities. So how much how much control does Zavin have in actually relaying the plays from the sideline to the team? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's kind of a feeling out process, I would say. That's what that's what I've taken it as is is I believe he even said that in minicamp too, that it was kind of a group effort with who's got the mic just to kind of see if there's maybe a diamond in the rough or something like that or the work better so I think Jalen having the mic's huge and I think this is a lot about his progression I don't, I don't think it's crazy to say that Buddha and Jalen are probably the two that's probably the best duo in the NFL for safeties like plain and simple I think Jalen is still on the up and up and still can produce at a really high level and, and you've got Buddha who's just Buddha so you don't really have to you don't really talk about Buddha but Buddha's like, Buddha it's just I mean let's be honest that's that is that's what's keeping the secondary together right now and it sounds like Jalen has the ability to be that guy that can get the calls. And, you know, it still might be a thing where he's got the call, tells it to Zayman, Zayman tells it to the guys up front. So who knows? We'll see. Nick Vigil could be in there. There's there's a lot of moving moving parts around in that part. Tyler Alexander, or not Alexander, sorry. Z- Lorenzo Alexander keeps texting me during the segment. So I'm trying to work. Tyler, <laughs> always good to talk with you. you got to go talk to Cliff. Tyler Alexander, soon. a yeah. pitcher <laughs> for the... I'm throwing names around. Tyler Drake with ArizonaSports.com and the Arizona Cardinals coverage. Thanks so much for coming on. No problem, guys. When we come back, we want to pivot really quick from the Cardinals because there was another big deadline this week. The Diamondbacks and the MLB trade deadline. We'll talk it next on Arizona Sports Saturday. FM, Arizona's Sports Station, Arizona Sports Saturday. One part I'm I'm sad because I'm leaving the organization, I'm leaving my teammates. They're all for me like little brothers, and I'm really gonna miss you. But on the other side, I'm excited to to start a new challenge, a new journey with a new team too. That was David Peralta with Valley Sports Arizona on Saturday. This show was actually able to break live with the news that David Peralta was traded when it happened, but that was a week ago, and since that point, the MLB trade deadline has passed, and we're here now to react to what the Diamondbacks did or did not do, us being Mitch Ferreldis and Cody Fincher filling in for Steve Zinsmeister. That's us. I have to remember to introduce us, because our names aren't anywhere on the uh, (laughs) imaging. (laughs) And if I don't, people will be like, oh, who are we listening to? Just some... Who are these goobers? Just some dudes who don't know the difference between a a microphone and a microphone linebacker. Hey, that's you, not me. Or a mic... Yeah, I have a lot of problems, okay? (laughs) So, the Diamondbacks made two trades... Unless I'm missing one. They made two trades at the deadline. David Peralta was sent to Tampa Bay. That was an exchange for catcher Christian Serta, who is 19. Playing, he's playing in Florida, which basically means he's not even in single A yet. So he's getting there, but he's in rookie, not, rookie ball. He's not close yet. Oh, you know what? I'm going to interrupt real quick because if I'm not mistaken, that looks I like- appear to see Kyler Murray down on the practice field over by the end zone that is closest to us. So it looks like Kyler is here physically, and we know he was in COVID protocols, but Kyler is down on the field right now, and I have to imagine that he would participate in some capacity today. So that's huge. I think that's That's what you were waiting for, right? I think that's him. It looks like him. I mean, I can't imagine that's anybody else. It looks like Kyler Murray. I hope is down. we're allowed to say that on the air. <laughs> well, this will be an open practice. Um, 
but yeah, going back to the yes, sorry, baseball stuff. Um, it was yeah, the the D backs really didn't do much. Um, two trades: David Peralta to Tampa, Luke Weaver to Kansas City. For, that was a major league for major league. Yeah, it was. I mean, Emmanuel Rivera, the third baseman they got back from Kansas City. I mean, he's okay. He hasn't played really well with the big league club, but he was playing well at AAA this year before being called up. But right. um, he had a big hit last night, actually, uh, and scored a big run. Um, so I was honestly surprised anyone would take Luke Weaver, to be honest with you. I mean, he's just yeah. been... Um, he's been you know, subpar performance-wise. He's not um, had the best season. He's basically a relief pitcher now. He's not starting games anymore. I, I wonder what he'll be doing with Kansas City, if anything. Well, um, it turns out throwing scoreless innings, because that was his what? debut the other night. He did? He threw a relief scoreless inning for the Royals. He managed to do that? Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, I, will, I will miss David Peralta, though. Um, Me too. I didn't realize how... I mean, I knew David Peralta was here for, for as long as he was. He's here for nine seasons, played for D-backs for nine seasons. I just didn't realize how, like, where he is on the leaderboards in some of the categories. It's like second in triples, um, yeah. top five in games played for the D-backs, uh, top five in home runs. Uh, I know the D-backs are a younger franchise, um, you know, comparative to uh, a lot of other teams, but mm-hmm. um, so it's not that it's not that difficult to get high on their leaderboards. But um, yeah, I mean, I I'll miss him. He's he was a good clubhouse guy. He was great off the field with the community. He was uh, you know he was great on the field, honestly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll miss him. The D backs there, but they, they didn't do anything else. They didn't trade Zach Davies. Like there was some you know game. They didn't go full I, on sell. I, yeah, and, and part of that had to do with injuries. I mean, Zach Davies was hurt up until the, what the day before the trade deadline. Right. Um, and he made one start before the trade deadline, and he didn't do very well. Um, they didn't. Trade Trade Ian Kennedy. They didn't trade Joe Mantiply. They sure didn't trade Mark Melanson. Because I don't know who would really want to trade for Mark Melanson right now. No, they didn't. Sh- I mean, that- the Diamondbacks don't even want to use yeah. Mark Melanson right now. Oh yeah, closer by committee now. Tori Lavello said yesterday, and it did it. The first we saw it firsthand yesterday. Ian Kennedy came in and got the save. Um, and then a lot of uh, there was a lot of talk about Christian Walker. Um, and yeah. if he would get traded, but I mean, I I didn't see that happening because he's got about two or three years left of club control, um, and he's you know he's had a really good power season so far see, this year. See, Walker's the intriguing one, and I'm going to refer to a story. I'm trying to remember the name of the exact site, but we've referenced the story up on ArizonaSports.com about the really obscure statistical season that Christian Walker is having. And basically, to put it into layman's terms, what it was pointing out is that Christian Walker is hitting a lot better than what a what a sub-200 batting average is showing. He went 0-4 last night, but there was the one ground out that was before the Perdomo... RBI double that gave them the or the two run double that gave them the lead. He had one of the harder hit ground outs that I've seen, and he hits the ball hard, but it went right to where CJ Crone was on to his left. Yeah. Essentially, what it was saying is that Christian Walker hits the ball hard and he hits it in impossible spots, yet he's getting defensed like he has to go up against like Ozzy Smith or Omar Vizquel or some of the other great defensive shortstops. But they're playing at every position. And then on the flip side of that, Walker is doing the same thing to everybody else. Walker is playing about as elite defense as some of the great first basemen in our history. 
it, it, it was it was just a fascinating look at how good Christian Walker's actually been. And rather, he's just been unlucky yeah, for most of this year. He, there are numbers. I, I don't have them in front of me, but there are numbers that back that up. That He, he hits the ball super hard. He gets really unlucky with you know d- defenders out there um, uh, in the right spots, both in the outfield and the infield. But And he's, you know, Christian Walker, he, he was a Gold Glove finalist a couple years ago, and he's a pretty pretty good defensive first baseman. So I, I really didn't think he was going anywhere. While the Diamondbacks were quiet, mm-hmm. um, the Padres were not. Oh, uh, no, they <laughs> oh, no. Um, Man, I I couldn't believe what they were doing, man. I I couldn't I couldn't believe what they did on on the trade deadline day. I mean, they got Josh Bell and Juan Soto in one deal. The uh-huh. Padres like to do that, by the way, because last year it was Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. I'm sorry, the Nationals like to do that. They trade away two of their best players in they, one deal. Everybody knows that it's going to be one, Trey but Turner instead and they just Scherzer. throw in another yeah, All Star caliber exactly, player. Exactly. So I mean, they get Juan Soto and Josh Bell for like every top prospect they ever had ever in life. Speaking of the Padres, just because I'm seeing it here, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is rehabbing oh in AAA tonight. Oh, oh, boy. So, yeah. We're actually going to talk later about how that Soto trade is going to impact the Diamondbacks in the yeah. long run, but... Yeah. Wow. A but, heck of a deadline for the Padres. And then they get Brandon Drury, who had a grand slam on the first pitch he saw. He had a bad game last night, though. He had a horrible game who last night. didn't have a bad game last night? They lost Well, Sean Manaya sure did, thanks <laughs> for my fantasy team. Coming um, up next, <laughs> we now know the answer. 